Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Today is Monday, uh, October, uh, I think it's 19, 2020. It's about 9.30 in the morning. Beautiful sunny day. And supposedly the weather is going to behave with me this whole week. going to be in the 80s and 70s towards the weekend. So finally, I feel like the claws of summer finally recent, even though I've been thinking that for like the last two or three weeks, maybe even a month, finally, the claws of heat are rescinding. Furthermore, in COVID news, uh, still no vaccine, uh, Trump didn't die, uh, Basically, this shit's still going. I know there's 218,000 confirmed deaths according to it. And you know what? It's probably more than that. I think the government doesn't have an accurate number. I think it's probably closer to... Because when I actually look into what COVID does to people, it makes it harder to breathe, first and foremost. So if you have an already existing ailment, and you all of a sudden can't breathe and they can't give you the proper medication. I mean, there's nothing that they can do for you at that point. So, yes. I think it is more because how many people died via heart attacks or something else, you know, at their home and just weren't tested for coronavirus, you know. Those, the 280, they're only the people that went to the hospitals got checked out, was diagnosed, and then died. But there's a lot of people that suffer strokes or whatever the case may be, just out the blue. So I got to put, they got to add about another third to a quarter, maybe more. I don't know, another half of that 218,000. So you got to add, yeah, I think you got to add on, attack on about another 70 to 100,000 people on it. So the, the only 218,000 is only, it's only what the White House is going to tell you, and it's only what, you know, only what they're going to allow to see. That's only the only information they're going to push. Is it a cover-up? No, because, I mean, you can't cover up all 50 states, people dying randomly from different things. Otherwise, shit would be haywire here, even more so, but... I kind of feel like as if that number is uh, marginally lower than what they actually is. Just like 9-11, I, I think more than 2,000 or 3,000 people died there. And then the, you know, people dying of all kinds of ailments later on is just, you know, the same thing. Like you got to probably check on another 1,000 or 2,000 people that died from that. So, with that, all that said, uh, I do believe that, you know, coronavirus is here to stay. And now the numbers are starting to uptick. Uh, people are just, they're, they're fatigued because there's no clear, and that comes from the Trump administration. There's no clear uh he refuses to endorse masks and everybody, and he don't he himself doesn't wear masks. 
and then he says, you know, it's just, it just goes away, and, you know, that's what a lot of people, especially his following, believe, and instead of stamping it out, you know, even if it's not a big deal, like, you know, just like anything else, you know, it, it's kind of, but he's writing the, the, he got cornered into a, a political position to where he can't really come out and say, you know what, I fucked up, we got to wear a mask, everybody stay indoors, shut shut down, you know, for a month, everything, we'll, we'll send out some money and just shut it down for a month. He can no longer take that road. He can no longer trust, you know, and he's got people in his corner that are going to defend everything he's going to say and spin numbers one way or the other like hey you know if we just if everybody just herd immunity or whatever the fuck they want to call it but there's also a failure on his part to realize that this could have been over a long time ago had we completely shut down everything and forced people to stay in their homes and it ain't got nothing to do with your first amendment or nothing like that it's just you know, ain't nobody saying you permanently lock you up inside your own home. But anyways, so I think come November 3rd, I think most common sense people, most people uh, out there in the world are going to vote him out. And as much as he's got support and as much as people think he's going to win, I think he's going to lose. Uh, but then again, I don't know. I mean, he got maybe enough crazy fanatics. But I think the Electoral College and all those people that, you know, are in charge of said things uh, are going to resoundingly get him out. It, because because th- this was this was a fumble of fumbles, uh, you know, and I think there's no clear leadership. And I just think that that's what it's going to be. There, there's no clear leadership from him. And he deflects a lot. And then, um, can't think of the word, he projects onto other people as well. He deflects and projects onto other people in away from himself. And that's just not good. That's just not what the president's supposed to do. So I think, I think he's gone. Uh, I give him about... A 40% chance. I thought, and I actually thought he had it in the bag all the way up until like June or July. Because I thought initially the coronavirus, even though he didn't handle it well, I could, I could imagine, and I actually was like, okay, well, it's an overwhelming task. It's a huge, monumental, overwhelming task. You know, we've never had a war breakout in the United States, and this is a you know, there's no right way. There's no wrong way to do it. Um, I believe he initially was like, okay, well, it's no big deal. In which, you know, much to the chagrin of the, the, doom, the doomsday preppers, it, the coronavirus is not that zombie virus that, you know, Lucas had led us to believe. But at the same time, yeah, he kind of brushed it off, you know, that's no big deal, and it's kind of a big deal, uh, but in it, but then he, then he, they 
fast track, giving everybody a stimulus check. Um, he did say if your state says to shut down, shut down. You know, he sent out boats to go and help people if the, if the hospitals were overwhelmed. So I kind of feel as if in the beginning he sort of was okay and then the wheels fell off. Uh, he ref- refuses to tell everybody to wear masks. And I, and I actually think the masks help in a lot here in California and here in other states. Uh, wear a fucking mask. Like, it's just simple. Common courtesy. You put on fucking underwears. And you put on socks and shoes. I mean, nobody, nobody putting you in a uniform. You can fucking have whatever mask you want to wear. It could say, fuck Joe Biden. It could say, fuck Donald Trump. It could say, uh, uh, it could fucking have your football team. I mean, it's not... And it's not mandatory that you wear it in your house. Nobody's going to fucking, you know. But common courtesy. Anyways. Uh, yeah, like, I just kind of feel as if he fumbled the bag. And now what was maybe Biden or Bernie Sanders at that point had like a 30 to 40% chance of winning this thing. Has now crept up to not only even, but I think actually leading down. Especially since... Trump allegedly came down with came down with the virus. The virus can touch anybody, can touch him. Uh, and going forward, if they don't get a handle on it, it would suck. You know, six months to a year from now, your grandma or your spouse has got a little bit of diabetes to catch it and die from it. So these normal people are probably now gasping for new leadership. So that's what it's going to be. Moving on from that, I want to talk about two things on this episode. Uh, I'm working on some more material, but I'm working on... I just finished up Dragon's Dogma, uh, Netflix original anime series, uh, based off of some Capcom games, which I don't... I didn't know what it was at first. I just tuned it on because it had a dragon and fucking... The previews looked okay. Overall... The series is kind of bland. The story is bland. I mean, I gotta give it like a five out of a ten for a story. Like it just, the story is kind of whatever it is. Uh, but I do think it makes up for actual. The story is kind of whatever, but like towards the end of it. Uh, the Dragon and the Arisen. Uh, to me, that little conversation they have at the last like episode, to me, really like was like, oh, I get it now. Like, it, it ended really well. Um, but the story, like the whole way, just kind of was like, some of it was pointless. <laughs> like, the, and the season is only seven or eight episodes long, so not like um it's not like it's 20 episodes of nothing it's really short and i kind of i kind of feel like graphic wise it was okay it was really actually really good i like how they made the dragon look um i like how they made all the monsters kind of look the succubus uh the hydra 
Delage, uh, you know, several of the other, the Cyclops, several of the other beasts. To me, uh, the story starts off really well as well. Like, the dragon comes in, you don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's based off a video game or not, but the dragon comes in, fucks up this guy's town, like, the dragon hadn't been seen in hundreds of years. And he just comes in and fucking completely wrecks the town that the Arisen is living in. And he ends up pulling the heart from the guy. And I don't know the guy's actual name off the top of my head. It took me like a week to watch it. Or like a week and a half. Anyways, uh, he takes his heart after he kills his wife and his unborn child. And I think, like, his adopted son type of deal. Uh, the guy has no idea what's going on. He just knows the dragon came in, snatched up his whole universe, takes his heart from him, pretty much tells him, if you want vengeance, come, come get it. Like, so he sets him off on this fucking journey, like, to track down the dragon and slay him. And all the meantime, they, they go through different lands, like, you know, there's different characters that pop up. Uh, he helps this lady. Well, first he helps the Cyclops village. Uh, the Cyclops eats a child, you know, but that stops the Cyclops from coming and fucking up their village. So him, the Arisen, all oh, you get introduced to Hannah, which is pawn, which they made her story make a lot of sense if you think about it in relation to a video game and uh, how they portrayed her in this in this series. It kind of makes a lot of sense because she can't die and she can respawn, you know. She's a pawn. She doesn't have human characteristics or she doesn't, she's not bound to human rule or human death. She can come back. So I kind of thought that that was cool. But she pretty much tells the, the Arisen that, hey, I'm going to follow you around. You know, I'm going to help you on your journey. You can go get this dragon. And so on and so forth. Uh, and then they set off for the journey. And they, and I, and I got I to reiterate, it's a short series. So I'm just going to blaze through it like in no time. But. They, she, she helps him on the journey. They, they first they go and slay, and I want to say first they slay the, they don't say they fucking blind the Cyclops. Cyclops is fucked. Um, and then they save that town from the oppressive king who's hoarding all the fucking wealth for himself. And then they move on to. like this horde of zombies I don't know if it's zombies or what the word like goblins that were trying to fucking fuck this dude's wife and he was like a coward uh, and they say they end up saving everybody the two other dudes were like the side quest dudes uh, they're there and you get introduced to them they're kind of they have a kind of cool story uh, which it pops up later on. 
but they end up saving the wife and, and you know the husband the husband ends up because she's like a big cheater and he was supposed to be wealthy but he's not have wealth more he ends up shanking her and shanking himself which I kind of thought was weird like it was just a weird ass twist um then he kills both he kills himself and his and his wife so I say I felt that it was kind of weird but not too too weird but kind of weird uh, then they move on I think they go to god damn this truck's about to run me off the road I, where else do they go they go to another village uh, where these people are like up way up in the mountains and they they get smoked out on this moss now this moss is supposed to be like a hybrid of fucking weed and meth and fucking cocaine and LSD all in one and like transport these fucking people to like the nether reaches of their conscience and he rolls up they roll up on that village and fucking you know they face, they face off against the hydra uh the couple in that little segment, uh, they, they end up both living, although she ends up blind and he ends up like, the guy, he, he was cheating on her, he ends up kind of like, you know, like, all like really sad about it. Um, that happens, that, that Hydra was kind of cool, it was a four-headed Hydra, and the Arisen gained some special powers to like, defeat it. They never they don't actually say how that happened, but then they go and fight the lich. The lich is uh and you run back across the two dudes that were escorting the the wife the couple, the wife and the guy that ended up killing themselves. Uh, those two dudes came back, but then that one that episode's called Greed and the Lich fucking his greedy powers fucking got absorbed onto them. Uh, and they get buried in the fucking tomb of wealth. You know what? But you know what? Greed. Greed do be having that effect on people. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of, I felt that that was one of the more better written episodes. Uh, that the nobleman was like, yo, he, he was tired of being a pawn. And he had all this wealth to now rectify anything. And... He drove him kind of mad in an instant, and they end up, he ended up killing his best friend. His first best friend ended up shanking him on the side, and then the Arisen came and, you know, put him put an end to both of them. Uh, that was kind of cool. Then they move on to a village, and the succubus is, like, fucking up that town, and the Arisen comes across her, and he actually sees his wife, and the succubus is trying to, like, absorb his soul, but he realizes it's not her, and he kills the fuck out of her, so that happens, that episode's okay as well, but that leads right into the, to the end, uh, where he fights the dragon, now, the dragon had picked him out of the bunch because he knew he was gonna get revenge, and the long story short is the Arisen goes to fight him. They meet, they square up, and he tells 
The dragon tells him, why do you think the world is worth saving? You've seen how corrupt, greedy, lustful, you know, they are. He's like, why do you want to save them? Why do you want... He's like, I, it's not that I want to save them. It's just I want to end you. You like, you come off as holy, but you're not. You know? And the dragon at that point, pretty much alive, he's like, no, I'm... A dragon does, he does like, he doesn't need to eat, he doesn't need to sleep, he doesn't need to do this, he's not bound to human, the human condition, like, all, he just kills because it's part of his nature, no different than a, a man when he breathes, he says, no, that you have a choice, he says, no, I don't have no choice, uh, my choice is to kill or be killed, that's it, there's no, there's no in between, and... The Arisen eventually tells him, like, you know, you just kill for amusement. He's like, no, I don't kill for amusement. He said, come, take your revenge and get it over with. So the Arisen goes and fucking shanks the dragon in the heart. And he, um, they end up, you know, as the dragon's dying, he ends up telling him, like, look, you're pride and your vengeance, your revenge is actually the last and maybe the worst of the sins that is being committed to the land so look I picked you because I knew you would come and kill me he's like, now you're doomed to suffer the same fate he's like, I've been a dragon for many many years and he's like, I finally found you now the arisen's you know curses to become the next dragon and at first, the Arisen doesn't believe it, but then he starts transforming into a dragon. And, and it's pretty much, he's kind of right. He said, look, you freed me from being a dragon, but now you're going to be the dragon. You're going to terrorize people, you know, years down the road. And he also instructs the pawn to watch over for the next Arisen and to help the people when the next dragon, when he comes back. So I kind of felt that that was kind of cool. The, the way it ends is really cool. Um, I felt like it, the the series wrapped up well. It didn't. It started well, but in, like in the middle, it was kind of like pointless in a sense. Uh, but besides that, I mean, you know, it was kind of it. It wasn't okay. I think, like I said, I got a five for writing because some of the episodes were really pointless. Uh, the graphics were cool, and then it like it ended well. I don't know if they'll do a season two of it at all. Don't know if there will be like if this is gonna be a series to watch going forward. And like I said, I only watched it because I was like, shit, like there's a dragon on it. Like, how could you go wrong? You know. And that's how I got to where I was at. But aside from that, you know, it, it was really short. I mean, you could watch it. I'd probably give it overall like seven out of ten, maybe six out of ten, six and a half. Seven's kind of high. Uh, so there's that, you know. Let me see here. I'm at the bank. 
Uh, but yeah, like that that was an okay. It was an okay series. It's just okay. I don't like I said. I don't really know if they're gonna uh, make another one. But we'll see. I, I think hopefully. Hopefully they uh hopefully they do. I I like to watch the season two and seeing if he comes back and seeing if he's a dragon or if that's just a one off. Um it might be just a one off. I and I think overall it was okay. It just wasn't like great great. It wasn't okay. So if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it, I, I don't know, they they kinda made it so that there is a cliffhanger. Like he can always come back, but then again, you know, it kind of ends as well. So it, it's just really short. It's, you know, some of the story is just pointless. Uh, but yeah, maybe a six and a half out of ten. Maybe not as quite as high as seven, maybe six point seven five. But if you're a fan of dragons and random ass, like things like that, I mean, it's a cool little watch. It, it's really short, so even if you don't mind that it sucks uh it goes by really quick so you know you can get the series over with in a flash there's only an hour and 40 minutes if you binge it it's 20 minutes 20 some odd minutes an episode 30 minutes it's only seven episodes it's not quite two hours um you know it's an hour and a half really it's a movie uh, but that's going to do it for that. Upcoming next, we're going to talk about this Dodgers Game 7 victory over the Atlanta Braves and the World Series matchup against the Rays. So we're going to talk about that here when I uh, I get back. i got to go to work, but once I get back in a few hours, we'll discuss this. All right, hang tight. Right, all right, all right, I'm back. So the second half of this episode... Maybe even the, not quite third, but we're going to talk about the Dodgers. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. I haven't been watching baseball this season, not at all. And not out of any misplaced hate for baseball, or but it kind of interfered with NBA playoffs. And it kind of was like, as it was, it was kind of weird that, you know, the teams are playing in like different places that weren't home, and it was just kind of a just kind of a jungled up, jubbled kind of just the M- the MLB just kind of put it there and thought it was going to do something. And I think some people were watching it. Uh, I did watch a handful of Dodgers game, but I don't really know the relevance of them. The San Diego game about a month or two ago. Uh, a San Francisco Giants game a series or two ago, about a month or two ago. Um, I watched a little bit of, like, opening games, the highlights of that. And I think the Dodgers had uh, overall best record in their division. Uh, again, you know, kind of going back and forth on Twitter about this, they had a shortened season, 60 games, which I think is absolutely phenomenal for the sport of baseball. It should be trimmed down from the 100 and some odd games. It should be trimmed in half. So that leaves you about 60 or 70 games. 
and I get that the players, you know, MLB is not as physical as uh, NFL. It's not as physical as boxing or UFC or or the NBA for that reason. The NBA, you know, there's a lot of body-to-body contact. There's a lot of knees and elbows being thrown in close proximity as well as it's just a lot of it's just a lot more physical game. It's a lot more physicality to it, you know. Uh, I think MLB has mental chess match a little bit more so, but NBA and the NFL is much more physically demanding on the body. They're the MLB. So with that said, I feel like this season, I know they didn't have the preseason, I think. Uh, they just kind of went straight forward into the games, kind of like the NFL. Uh, and, and on that topic, the NFL kind of is a mess, man. Games being played left and right, getting rescheduled. There's politics, I think, behind it. You know, some teams are just to get a little prime time in their... I think that's what some of the owners are using. Like, oh, they tested positive, so now they're going to move their game to a, a bye week or, or a Monday or, or a, um, a Tuesday game. Or they're going to bump up two games to Thursday. Like, it, to me, that's what it kind of they're doing. So I think kind of every team is... Every team is going to test positive for COVID, and I think just to get themselves another primetime game, which is fine, but their their schedule is a complete fucking mess. Um, the NFL is doing all that it can to, you know, stop or control it somewhat. But I kind of feel as if myself, The MLB, I didn't watch very many games. I probably, like I said, I probably watched a half hour. I probably watched six or seven games, if that, um, during the regular season. And I, I just probably half of those were, were Dodger games. Now, I've been paying attention. Uh, it's not not like I completely just, like, fell asleep on MLB. But I just, I mean, it kind of did. I knew that they were heading to the playoffs, but I didn't know where the Dodgers stood at that point. I knew that they beat um, San Diego. And who else did they beat? They beat somebody else. And then they got to the Braves here. Now, I watched game one just out of curiosity. And, you know, they lost that. And at that point, I was like, oh. Like the fucking Dodgers, right? They're gonna do the the Dodgers usually do was fucking choke this way. And actually, I kind of didn't have faith in them. They went to two World Series back to back a couple years ago. I watched them lose both. Uh, one in a heartbreaking fashion. The other one, they just got completely whipped. They got whipped head to toe. Uh, and I didn't believe that they were gonna go last year. And last year's, you know, I just had that feeling that they weren't gonna go. The Nats went. That was a phenomenal game. The Nationals beat the Astros, I believe. And that was a phenomenal series for the Nationals. Uh, but I, I watched game one, and I didn't watch a couple of the other games. What, number one, because I was in Laughlin. Number two, because uh, just I don't know. Like, I wasn't really 
didn't really know. I heard, I watched game five and they went down 3-1 because I thought if they tied it 2-2, they had a really good chance of pulling it out. But they dropped that game going down 3-1 and I knew, I was like, you know what, now Kershaw pitched that game. Uh, the Kershaw curse continues. And I don't know how to fix Kershaw, man, because he is a phenomenal pitcher regular season. I think it's literally, he's going to have to have the team carry him. Uh, he's a complete liability right now. Uh, the mental aspect of the game has now overtaken him to the point where uh, I think he could pitch an inning or two in relief. Uh, but his mental is shot. He can't be out there five, in, five six, seven innings because he's going to give up the runs. Uh, you can probably put him against Another bad pitcher, and maybe that will do the trick. Um, possibly. I, I don't know who the Rays got. I don't even know who's on the Rays team, to be honest with you. But here's what I kind of see. Go uh, From the team overall, the makeup of the team is strong. They down came three games to one. I don't know how many times it's been pulled off in the MLB. Uh, I know the Red Sox did it some years ago against the Yankees. Uh, that I do remember because that was one of the first. I think that was the first time it ever had ever been done, and then and then it was you know Boston who had never won anything, and the Yankees who win everything, and kind of was you know it was groundbreaking at that point. Now I didn't care too much for that World Series. It's not like I became a Boston fan after that, but I do remember it happening. Oh, my God, a fucking yawning over here. Uh, but what I am going to tell you is being down three games to one, I didn't write them off. I felt like, you know, losing game five was kind of big. Or losing game four, whatever it was. Um, and I felt like, you know, the only chance they would have had to have was to win uh, the very next game. That was the knockout game. Game five was the knockout game. Uh, they came out and pounded the Braves. And I felt, okay, they staved off elimination heading to game six. In game six, I have been paying, was paying attention to. And again, they jumped on, uh, they jumped on the Braves. They got on them. Now, and Kenley Jansen came in and, you know, did his work. But the, the defense came alive, and as well as the pitching, uh, pitching somewhat shut down the Braves. The Braves were putting up runs in the first four games. And we just eat one of those games away. Then we barely won the series. Uh, but that shows the heart. I, honestly, game seven could can go anyway, but the team's got a lot of heart. The, the World Series should be amazing to watch because I don't think the Dodgers are going to just sleepwalk into there. They're, I mean, they got to be on heightened, your heightened senses. Um, you know, I don't think the, the Rays are going to sleepwalk the Dodgers either, knowing just what happened. And I actually think that plays, that bodes well for the Dodgers playing game seven. And that's going to show, you know, no fear. You know, you only live once. You got to pull out all the stops. If, if it means benching Kershaw uh, his starting role, you know, that's, that's what it means, that's what it means, you know. 
Um, you know, I watched Game 7 yesterday. What I took away from it was the Dodgers still... The old ways of the Dodgers still plague them, man. Uh, leaving the bases loaded. Um, just, you know, unable to produce runs. That has bit them in the past in many different occasions. Past World Series. Uh, past postseasons, Past regular season games. It just does. Uh, leaving the runners in scoring position for the Dodgers is horrendous. Uh, however, they muscled their way through with some good pitching and some good hitting yesterday. And as I was watching the game, uh, I don't know where the Dodgers dug up Julio Urias from. Uh, he looked good yesterday, and I think with a couple days rest and maybe a little chip on his shoulder, maybe he can just become some random hero that nobody's seen coming, like, wow, he just, maybe they can't, maybe the Rays can't see him, you know, but that would couple with Jansen, with, you know, Walker Bueller, and some of these other pitchers, you know, the Dodgers pitching has been really good over the last 10 years, um, but they haven't been dominant. Uh, they always seem to be lacking in one, like, you know, somebody's giving up the big run. They just haven't been able to put teams out of their misery. Uh, but maybe that's going to change this time around. I know uh, Julio Urias yesterday looked like he had nothing to lose, and he was playing with the five run lead, and he was just striking down. The and that was game seven. He looked calm as, calm as fuck with the one-run lead, like, Maybe that guy, maybe he's just going to come out and just with no fear, just pitch games for us, win some games, get it to Jansen with, you know, two runs on, you know, plus and close out a game. Uh, maybe Kershaw could come in ninth inning. I mean, I don't know how these things are going to play out. What I do know is we still have the bats. Uh, we can put runs up. So that should be interesting, you know, to see if um, we can win this thing. Now, geographically, I think this might be the last time that the Dodgers have a chance to win this World Series because Kershaw, I think, mentally is spent. Maybe he can stay a regular season team, but in the postseason, he's going to be a liability unless for some reason he wins it and he gets that confidence back into his veins. I mean, you know, Jansen is now this the kind of, I don't know if the end of his rope too. Um, he's no longer as dominant as when he first came in. All these batters, all these bats, Jock Peterson, uh, Cody Seager, Pollock, Muncy, Turner, uh, Bellinger, you know, the list goes on and on, you know. The Dodgers, at some point, would have to pay everybody. Or people are going to, you know. And how long are they going to keep that core of players together while, you know, 
if they don't win it, you know. I think this has to be the last year for them to do it. Uh, if they do do it, there's a good chance that they might do it again in a couple of years, but they have to retool some of their young bats. But again, and like, this is I, I kind of felt that those two that they blew those other years, they could have set up a dynasty and you know, could have responded to San Francisco's three chips in, you know, six years. Uh, you know, we could have had two already. Well, one we could have had, one we wouldn't have won regardless. And then if we win this one, I think I think literally we'll be one, one, and one, which isn't a bad effort. Any franchise would give their left nut and their fucking firstborn child to get that um, kind of a World Series in that stretch. But I think this is the last one. I think this is the last oorah for this core of players before some major retooling needs to take place. Uh, and who knows how long they're going to take. And, I, and on top of that, you're adding... Again, the Lakers just won a championship. The Lakers about to go on a terror as well for the next three, four, five years. Uh, as long as LeBron's there and he signs up for a couple of years, he's got another year left. Uh, AD is going to be there for a couple of years, and the Lakers are in good shape to just dominate the NBA. Meanwhile, you've got the Rams and the Chargers in town now, and they want a piece of the pie now. As well, so you know how much money do the LA teams, does the LA market have to spend? You know on these top players before they, at some point, the city just tap dry. That the residents of the town is what actually pays the players' wages. Depends on who goes to the games, who buys the beers there, who buys the jerseys. You know the season ticket holders. You know, the more popular a team is, the more that they win, the more that their revenue goes up. But it comes from somewhere else. Like, I I haven't even mentioned the hockey teams or the, you know, or the WNBA or the LA Galaxy. I mean, I don't really know. Like, the LA market is flooded with major sports leagues. and, And you got UFC in there. You know, you mix boxing in with the bars. Like, if you go to a bar, you know, there's, a, you know, you know what I mean? So, the money travels up. It doesn't travel down. It's not like the team comes in, wins some shit, and then they give away free merch to everybody. It's not how it works. You got to buy the merch, buy the beer, attend the game, so that way they can fucking get some good free agents. So that way they can possibly win the game so they can pay some of their homegrown talent or whoever's coaches, whatever. It's how this works. Um, so this is, like I said, this is the Dodgers have to be knocking on the door and they need to win one. They need they need this bad. Uh, not only just for relevancy, but also for the fact that you know, the, the team, the core of the team might blow up if, if they don't pull it off. Uh, and then you got, like I said, the other sports franchises are going to just fucking pounce on the money. Uh, but yeah, the Dodgers versus the Rays, I know it's coming up tomorrow on Tuesday. Hopefully, you know, and I don't want to sound like, hopefully they pulled it off. 
I don't have my hopes high, but I don't have them low either. I, I'm kind of middle of the road. I watched them lose two recently, and I would like, I would love for them to win one. You know, just I haven't seen one in my lifetime. I would like to watch. I'm gonna watch all the games. Uh, hopefully, the next time I do this podcast in a week or so, hopefully we'll be talking about them pulling it off or them on the cusp or you know what it's like to win as a Dodger fan um, that's just what it is it's what I would like to be talking about in this next episode uh, but yeah you know the, I guess I haven't been watching much MLB I don't know about the Rays I don't know who they are I know they beat the Astros I know they beat the Yankees uh, so obviously they're not a slouch of a team. Obviously the team is well coached. Um, I know the Astros came in hot as well. The Astros beat their A's. I know that. Um, and I just feel I just feel as if they're not to be taken lightly. And hopefully the Dodgers come up with a good game plan to beat the Rays. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, former Tampa Bay Devil Rays, former. Uh, Chicago Cubs coach Joe Madden, the former home of Joe Madden. Uh, just a lot of stuff, man. I mean, you know, it's what it is. I, I, I feel, like I said, I just feel even keel about it. I want the Dodgers to win. We'll see what happens. The Lakers already won. The Dodgers need to do their job. And then the last team we'll be rooting for is the Raiders. And if for some reason, 2020, I hit the hat trick and pull off the most improbable Lakers, Dodgers, Raiders, fucking championship. I mean, 2020 would go down as, 2021 would go down as the greatest Southern California sports fans wet dream, maybe ever, might be ever, um, <clears throat> but we'll see, we'll see, the Dodgers got to, the Lakers already did their part, and I said, I went at length in about uh, the Lakers on the last episode, and you know what, it's just like I said, they, they're, they're going to go on and tear, uh, that's why the Dodgers need to get this done, so that way they can retool, have that some of these players need to experience what it took to win the World Series so that way it carries over into the next. That's how the Lakers do this. The Lakers are phenomenal at this and so are this because the old school heads that are in the organization, they know exactly what they're looking for in players and how to win it. They're not searching for their road. They know the road. They just need to put the pieces together. Uh, the Dodgers have not won it in some time. The road is so far back, the Raiders, the road is so far back to win a new one. It's going to be a while. Uh, it's been a while, and hopefully that, you know, the Dodgers have been on the doorstep. They've been knocking on the door. They've been fucking ringing the door bell. They just haven't gotten in there. And I, I feel like if they do this time, then they can, okay, they can, like I said, retool here in the next couple of years and get back at it in three or four years from now, maybe win another one. Uh, maybe Or maybe in another, like, two or three years, win another one. 
but they need to win this one because if they don't, then you got you got I think the team is just going to implode. Dave Roberts will be gone, and Kershaw. I mean, you might as well just trade him, get something for him. I mean, you're gonna have to re, you know, gut the entire. That's what's what's gonna happen. They would have to gut the core of the team, and you know, who knows how long it's gonna take for them to get back to winning ways. Uh, but yeah, Game Seven was phenomenal between the Braves and the Dodgers. The Dodgers eked it out, four to three. And Julio Urias came in clutch, man. I mean, he really shut down the Braves' offense that have been going wild. Mookie Betts is out there now fielding. You know, Mookie Betts, uh, uh, some phenomenal catches. That that catch, though, the two he had were saving home run savers. That actually probably was momentum changing games. Uh, phenomenal play. Phenomenal play out there. Uh, I watched it live, and I, you know, I was like, damn, he robbed a for sure home run. and probably saved the game right then and there. Also, Cody Bellinger hitting a home run in the sixth or the seventh. Uh, I mean, he crushed it. It was a no. It was a no. He hit it, and he just dropped the bat. That was a bat flip. I've ever seen fucking one. Uh, that was a true bat flip, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, before I wrap up this discussion about you know Dragon's Dogma and the Dodgers, uh, we're gonna talk just a slight, a slight bit about um, some of these other Netflix shows, Blue Exorcist. I'm starting to get the hang of Blue Exorcist. I'm like 20 episodes deep now, and I, I'm starting to get good, really good. Um, also, One Piece. I'm start. Uh, you know, I'm gonna watch One Piece until the wheels fall off, because there's like a thousand episodes. So if I can get two or three hundred episodes in before I'm like, oh my god, like it's taking forever, then I'm gonna pick it up when I pick it up. Um, but I'm back on the hunt of watching anime. Uh, there's a lot of shows that are coming out. You know, I want to watch The Haunting of Blind Matter, Ratchet. Uh, we got The Mandalorian coming out. We've got WandaVision coming out. Uh, there's several things coming out. And I'm going to... You know, Halloween's coming up. I'm probably going to do my official, an official play-by-play review of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, maybe I'll do that as a as an episode. And I just rewatched it. I haven't watched it. Uh, I used to have an ex um, who we would watch it every Halloween, around, around Halloween time. And I didn't necessarily like it in those days like that. I mean, maybe just my tastes have gotten different over the years. Uh, and maybe I just didn't like the graphics of it, but I haven't watched it probably in like four or five years now. Uh, and before I watched it, it just was like randomly on TV. But I might give an actual in-depth review of 
the Nightmare Before Christmas. And what I kind of think, what I take away from it, it's a Tim Burton movie. I, I like most of Tim Burton's movies. Uh, my brother is a hater. But I love, I love me some Edward Scissorhands. I love me fucking um, the Batman that he actually did direct it to. That's the most infamous ones, I think. Uh, I love Sweeney Todd. I mean, he's got several good movies. I mean, Tim Burton is just... I would like to pick his brain completely, where he's getting his ideas from. Uh, his version of Alice in Wonderland. Um, you know, there's just things in in Tim Burton's... Maybe it'll be a Tim Burton review. But I, I'm probably going to do, just for the Halloween sake, I think this got to be, the Nightmare Before Christmas got to be in the top three Halloween movies maybe ever made. Uh, there is the actual Halloween series, uh, which doesn't stack up to other horror movies. Uh, you know, Mike, you know, Mike, or I, you know. If you put Freddy versus Jason versus Michael, I, I don't think Michael stacks up as been third on the list. I mean, even though there's only three, I mean, it's between Freddy and Jason. You pick A or B is who's the top one and two. But I think Mike is all the way in third place. And those are the, the movies that kind of loosely associate um, you know, to get together. They're in the same vein. Uh, Freddy is the more You know, Jason, I love Jason's story, man. Jason, he's probably got the better franchise overall uh, for how many he made. It's not like Jason fucking 12 now. I know they're at 10 and he went to space and they didn't stop. There was Freddy versus Jason, um, which was a good movie. Uh, There were just, you know... And then Freddy, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street just, it's just what it is, man. I mean, it's another classic. Uh, but I don't think all the Halloween series stacks up to it. Let me see. And Halloween is loosely associated with horror movies. Uh, you know, I don't really know. There's a lot of Halloween-esque movies and a lot of horror movies. Hellraiser, uh, Chucky, the Chucky series. Um, you know, paranormal paranormal activity in, in a bunch, but I don't think they really stack up to what, and it's not a movie based off of Halloween itself. That's why The Nightmare Before Christmas um, ranks up there with so many people's. Uh, it's, it's made for kids, but it's got a horror vibe to it. And it's got, you know, vampires and, and werewolves and things of the nature. But it's also got a Tim Burton feel to it. Like, it's more whimsical about it. But it's also, you know, you got the skeleton. You got the Oogie Boogie Man. You got you got all these characters. You got uh, Santa Claus or Sandy Claus. You got all all of that into it. And then it's, and it's not, it's not your, your, your horror movie. It's not like... You know, 
it's not your Halloween. It's it's its own take on this, you know, like a spooky story. But you know, so maybe maybe I'll do uh, before the end of the month around Halloween. Maybe I'll do a horror movie theme may uh, review the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, maybe if I can dig up their OG Nightmare on Elm Street and talk about it a little bit. Um, so that's coming down the road. I want to just talk about that a little bit because, you know, it's Halloween. Halloween's creeping up, like, in fucking 11 or 12 days or some bullshit. Like, less than two weeks. Uh, and then also we got to vote, you know, um, before I leave, you know. Like I said earlier, I thought Trump had this in the bag, like, a year ago. Because I was like, fuck, man, the Democrats really don't got a leg to stand on. And not that they didn't have. I, I know Trump is a bad man. Um, I would never vote for him. I would never raise my kids his way. Um, I'm taught, you know, mind your own fucking business. You know, I kind of live my life like that. I don't fucking eavesdropping. I don't be fucking butting into people. Mind your own fucking business. I don't even pick fights. I fucking prefer not to fight and all that. But then motherfucker eggs people on. He's up in everybody's business. And then he, the way he talks down to people, I mean, I would never, I don't do that personally. I, I mean, I may do it as like a joke, talk about how much I hate the fucking Patriots and fuck Tom Brady. But I mean, that's, you know, in real life, I wouldn't give him no time. Uh, you don't live in my head rent-free like the people live in Trump's head rent-free. And I thought he had it, but I thought he had it in the bag. Aside from all the bullshit he does and all the bullshit he says and all the terrible things tweets he does I I thought okay as long as he didn't fuck up too much of the economy and fuck up too much of people's lives he had it but he has completely fucked the economy in states that is not California and he has fucked people's lives so what was he had it in the bag now is it about like I think it's not only is it dead but I think he's probably trailing um, like I said earlier, I think the people, the powers that be are going to, they might actually vote his ass out. So with that said, you guys, I'm going to, uh, get this episode up and I am going to be watching the Dodgers series this week. Uh, you take it easy, stay safe out there and, uh, catch you on the next one. Laters.